was all about getting off to a good start. Three points, clean sheets, and um, putting a market down for the season. Yeah, hugely disappointing. Um, sort of after chaotic first five or ten minutes, I thought we grew into the game, and so uh, hugely disappointing to concede one at the end. This is the Go Radio Football Show, hosted by Paul Cooney, Barry Ferguson, and Mark Guidi. Call now and voice your opinion. 0808 to 1717 Yet a new season underway, but the same story so far. Rangers set a new record, 20 home league wins in a row. Stretching back to winter of 2020. So Rangers joint top of the table after the first weekend. Celtic losing their first opening league match in 24 years. The 2-1 defeat at Tynecastle. Celtic fans will say, but well, they know what happened that season, but it was a very different Celtic. Mark Guidi on the day that Harry Kane hasn't turned up for training. It's great news that Barry Ferguson is with us for the new season. Yeah, brilliant. He's, he's, he's made it in. He's bounced back. Friday night, he had one or two things to attend to. So... He, he wasn't there. We missed him, albeit David Proven was a, a more than suitable standing. Yeah, absolutely. But yeah, he's he's back and he's looking well and he's looking as determined as ever going to bounce back with Alan after that defeat at, at the weekend. Yeah, and, not, uh, he not, knows there's work to do. Not the way you wanted to start, Barry. We will come to it, but you're up for it. I know you've had so many problems with COVID and that's been the story for a number of clubs. It's such a tough time. We're, we're not out of it yet. No, it's been, it's been tough, but we are not the only club. Um, there's been numerous clubs suffered um, with, with the COVID situation. We, we've suffered a bit, we've suffered with injuries, but look, I'm not going to use that no. as an excuse. The performance and the result wasn't good enough on Saturday. Um, so the only thing we can do is roll our sleeves up and work even harder this week, leading up to the game on Saturday, and hopefully we'll, we'll bounce back, and I fully expect the players to do that. What a huge week ahead here. There's a midweek European football starting in just over 24 hours. Rangers in the Champions League qualifier against Malmo. How tough is that going to be, Barry? Very tough. Um, Malmo, uh, I've done a bit of research on them. They've got some decent players. I think you'll hear the, the manager, Stephen Gerrard, speak about that. Um, they've got st- some standout players, as I said. And plus, they're 14 games into their season. How um, big is that? How important? Yeah, it's important. You, I mean, listen getting games um, is so important so they'll be a bit of, they'll be ahead of Rangers and um, there's no doubt it in terms of fitness um, but Rangers are just finished their pre-season they got off to a great start against Livingston at home um, so they, they'll be confident going over to, to Sweden to get a result but it'll be a tough one they need to be on their game they need to be 100% ready because um, as I said it will be a tough tough game over there Mark Guidi will get your take on that shortly and also this week at Celtic in action in Europe as well uh, so are Aberdeen so are St Johnson and Hibs too we'll talk about that during the programme but one of the headlines Mark it has to be about Celtic and Postacoglu baptism of fire with Celtic out of the Champions League already and then losing at Tynecastle on Saturday what did you make of it? Uh, I, I didn't think Celtic would lose a game um, Paul, I, I thought it would be a draw to be perfectly um, yep. honest they played well enough in terms of possession but you know until the last couple of minutes Craig Gordon had virtually nothing to do you could argue maybe one of the goals um, should have stood um, he, he wasn't offside was he? You know, no probably not um, you could argue and, Andy Halliday should have got a red card I thought it was a shocker absolute shocking tackle on Callum McGregor um, but I said it on Friday night on this programme never underestimate the value of a goalkeeper and I said to you on Friday night, Paul, if the right one becomes available, even if it's six, seven, eight million pounds, pay it. 
just go and pay it if it's the right guy don't bring in somebody just for the sake of bringing in somebody like a Joe Hart if there's a right goalkeeper available go and do it I and mean, with the greatest respect to Scott Bain his positioning's all wrong the header from John Suter's travelled about one mile an hour and has crossed the line a yard from to the right hand side of the middle of the goal so it's not just Scott Bain it's a whole thing it's not Scott Bain's fault but it goes back to more than a year this time last year the way the club dealt with the Craig Gordon situation the goalkeeping situation and for then for another new manager to come in when everybody could see the goalkeeping situation needs addressed look at the first leg against Meterland it has still not been addressed two windows later and as long as it remains not to be addressed Celtic will be absolutely nowhere near the prizes this season and the goalkeeping thing is not the only problem Paul but for me it's a major problem and the next thing's going to be Odson Edward will go where he goes I don't know but he'll go Lee Griffiths is out of the picture Albin Ayeti's never good enough another waste of money Celtic potentially are looking to sign three number nines Paul three number nines in the hope that one of them can come good could get you that 20 goals and then maybe Poster Caldwell want to find a partnership so there's massive as we all know there's massive things to be addressed at Celtic but it just seems very very slow in being addressed so much to talk about let's go on the lines immediately 0808 17 17 700 you can speak to Barry Ferguson Mark Guidi and Darren a Celtic fan is on the line calling goal good evening Darren hi guys how you doing yeah good how are you uh, well I've had better weeks I suppose yeah. yeah can I just say it's good to hear Barry saying that, um, that it's not just single clubs that are affected by Covid and it, it is everybody yeah. because it seems my club will wield that excuse at every opportunity. So that's just uh, my first point. Um, yep. my, my second one being, and Mark touching it 12 months ago, probably longer than that actually, we realised as, as a fan base that come you know, the end of the 10 in a row season, whether we won it or no, there was going to be a rebuild needed because Edward, Ayer and Cham were, were already contract. However, the club have me grasped this, and we're left in a situation now where a manager who has been employed, and he's been employed because he plays a certain style of football. However, he's been fed scraps off the table. Players that, are, you know, if you believe reports in Australia that are coming for his camp, by all accounts, that he doesn't want players like Joe Hart, James McCarthy, but you know, he's linked to us again for the millionth time. Uh, you know the three big signings that we've already had Abada um, Kyogo yep. and Starfelt there's only the, the Kyogo that's uh, really been an Ange player yep. it's just deplorable that the the, the club and the, the board really the, the board have left us in this situation despite the fans putting in money last year you know never getting to see a game and then they've done the same this year again I think it's just it's, it's negligence really what do you think? Barry what would you say? to Darren about the Celtic situation because it does beggar belief yeah look Mark touched on it at the start of the show in terms of the goalkeeper that was one when Fraser Foster went they, they had to sort out as quickly as possible uh, they spent 5 million on Barkas it ain't worked they need to go and get a, a replacement but as Darren just said there there's a number of players that are running out of contract one's away obviously higher to get £13.5 million and I think it's a great piece of business I think Edward will go in the next week or two that's a, a certainty Do you think it's time to go for him? Yeah I, I, I do listen he, he's not performing at a level we, we know he can perform it now I, I think Edward's a, a top quality player but 
look, his heart's elsewhere. He wants to move. There's no doubt in my mind about that. But it's a massive rebuild. And he, when I look at Ange Postacoglu doing interviews, he looks to me if he's a f- frustrated figure. He wants to bring players in. He's struggling to bring players in. And it's going to cost money. Um, and there's a full, there's a massive rebuild needed. We spoke about it last year. In, in January time. You've said, you've said since January. Or... Yeah, but everybody knew yep. it. Not just sure. us in here. The, the, you hear Darren saying it. The Celtic fans that I know knew it was going to happen. But it's a, it's a tough one for Ange to come into. Um, you've got to feel from. But listen, you don't you don't get much time. I'm afraid. As a manager, Certainly, can you see it? What do you feel about his interviews? I know he was criticised for saying, oh, well, I'm repeating myself because you asked me the same question. Um, can you sympathise with the manager? Yeah, uh, of course. Um, he cuts a frustrated figure. Yeah. There's no doubt in my mind. He wants to bring players in. Um, and he's struggling to bring players in. Um, Mark says about number nine. Now, number nine is the hardest position to bring in. Mm-hmm. And it costs money to bring in number nines. But do you know, do you know what? See, they're not on the number nine. So you actually assess it now, Paul, with the benefit of hindsight. I don't, and I'm sure Darren will, will agree with this. Um, what happened last summer in Celtic's transfer window could have repercussions for seasons to come. Goalkeeping situation, the number nine situation, the diving Tony in the building, and they talk about what you can get for value if you're willing to pay the money. I think you could have got him for about six and a half, seven million. Is that right, Darren? About that, wasn't it for Ivan Tony? Look right at what, he did. what yeah. did they do? They stuck with Edward, it backfired, they brought in a Yeti yep. for a million and a half to two million pounds more. And you've got the guy in the building, mm-hmm. Gavin Strachan, worked with him at Peterborough, mm-hmm. and you don't get the guy signed up. So when you look at the mistakes yep. of last summer, it's still having a negative impact on the club. That, that's right similar now. to the John McGinn situation. Oh, absolutely. They wouldn't pay oh. an extra £500,000. And look what sort of player he's turned mm-hmm. into a fantastic midfielder, Ivan Tony. Look what he done at Brentford in the Championship. And what's he worth 25 now? plus goals. Yep. I think he'll go into the, the Premier League down in England and I, I think yeah. he'll get 15 to 20 goals. You think he'll he'll soar there? Yeah, listen, yeah. I, I watched him plenty of times. We all watched yeah. the Championship sure. down down in England as as well as the Premier League. And Ivan Tony is a very, very good striker, no doubt in my mind. So to not go and pay that extra million pound, they must look back on it with regret, no yeah. doubt about it. And Darren, of course, that was at a time where Edouard was still very much here. Celtic thought they were going for 10. Uh, Griffiths was still in the picture. He finished the season before as one of the best players, along with Edouard. And a year later, neither of them are in the picture. You've got no number nine. It's, uh, it beggars belief. Darren, what's the way forward? What is going to happen? Because he cuts a lonely figure there. Right, you know, he's, uh, what was it he said? Some of his quotes have been really good. He's not it's from good another value. planet. He it's has. Been good value. Yeah, but they need to give him a bit of support now. You yeah. know, mentioning somebody coming in from what, Shamrock Rovers, maybe, or whatever, no harm. Liam Scales. He may be a terrific player. I don't know. But, you know, it's just gone so far down. I know, you know, global giant and all the rest of it, you know, great name, Celtic, worldwide. Absolutely. People have been asleep at the wheel. Yeah, yeah, for, for for a year. There's no question, Darren. Yeah, absolutely. You know, you. I was on here numerous times last season. Yep. And and we thought it was going to happen, but a restructuring of the football operations. You know, because let's be honest. You know, Don McKay. I'm the same. I feel the same with him as I do with Ange. You can't judge him at this point because no. you know the, the the sort of inherited a sinking ship, as it were. There needs to be a, a restructure because you've got Don McKay, who is probably a very sound businessman, but he doesn't know the football mar- market. Yep. And he says in his opening interview that he was going to lean heavily on Ange. Ange has got a team 
or half a team as it is, I suppose, and now, to, to work on and try and get his philosophy, that he doesn't need to be thinking about, you know, the, the, the running of a football club. So we need to get the restructuring of the football operations. And again, if you believe the reports for Australia, you know, Desmond, Dermot Desmond is so heavily involved in the day-to-day running of the club. And you talk about losing players like Tony and uh, John McGinn, you go back as, as far back as the January that you know, a couple of hundred thousand pounds that we missed out on Stephen Fletcher. Mm-hmm. You know, this is, this is just symptomatic. This is just standard for Celtic over the last decade just gambling so much and you look at year after year going up to the European qualifiers, every year we fail because we've no invested enough or we leave it too late. Mm. You know, two seasons ago we bring in Julianne and Borongoli, sure. but then they didn't get played in the qualifiers. Mm. You know, it's, it's just it's just standard. It's just repeating the same failures over and over yeah. again. This was the manager on Saturday night then, uh, just after the defeat at Tankers. He's asking me the same questions, so I'm going to repeat the same answers. But that's that's where we're at at the moment. But you know, hopefully, with every game, um, that aspect improves. I mean, Carl Starfelt had one session with the team. Google uh, arrived today, and probably a bit unfair on me to throw them out there. But I just felt after 120 minutes on Wednesday night, we just needed some fresh legs and some momentum. And as I said, once we got back into the game, I thought we were, we were quite comfortable, and we looked like we were going to you know, take it out. But obviously, it didn't happen. How tough is it throwing new players in, Barry, immediately off the plane and straight in, albeit from the bench yeah, in Kyogre's uh, case? Yeah, and, and Starfelt. Yeah. I mean, he only had one training session. It's no ideal, but it, look, he's he's scraping the barrel for players. He, he needs to get them in. Um, ideally, he would like the guy to spend a full week preparing for a, for a game, and especially when you go to Tynecastle now with the fans back in. It, it's going to be tough tough on him. Um, but listen, you know, you, you know the situation with these players when you sign them. They've got to self-isolate for 10 days before they come into the country. So you've got to take all that into consideration knowing that you're not going to have these players available. What are the solutions? What's happening with the goalkeeper? Davy Proven definitely said doesn't want Joe Hart. I'll ask Mark in a second. What do you think? Should well, they I go for Ben Foster? Joe, I, I played yeah. with Joe Hart and I played with Ben Foster, mm-hmm. both of them, at, at Birmingham. Um, Joe was a lot younger. He, he was brilliant. He was terrific young. Yeah, keeper, he, he was. And obviously, look, he went through a couple of tough years at Man City. Um, and he's not played much football, Joe Hart, if you look over the last yeah. two or three years. He's went to Burnley, he's sat on the bench, he's down to Tottenham, he's sat on the bench. Look, I can only go with my opinion, but that was 10 years ago. He was brilliant for Birmingham. Ben Foster as well, another great goalkeeper. He played every single week last, uh, every single week for Watford last season. So he would be a, a great option, but it comes down to money. The money that these guys earn down there is... Ridiculous, Huge, massive. When you saw that, yeah. obviously, with Fraser Foster, it was like 80, 90 grand a week. Mark, what's the solution? What would you do? Um, I'd be scouting high and low, Paul, all over. You know, just looking for a for a gem. Um, secret, just find, just like find secret. About to say that. Yeah, I mean, yeah. secret. Well, put it this way, Paul. Is it an improvement in what they've got? I would say yes. Is is he the proper answer? I would say no. But I, I genuinely believe, you know, if if there's somebody out there that's going to cost them a right few million quid, go, go, and, go, do go and do it. Yeah. You know, go do it. Rangers are very fortunate. They got Alan McGregor for, yep. for nothing. You know, he was he was in a Bosman three years ago and a brilliant piece of business. And I think at that time what would have been 35, mm-hmm. 36. 36, yeah. But if you but you know, the benefit of hindsight. Yeah. Now, had you said, look, then Stephen Gerrard, you need to pay four million quid for this guy. Now he's 36, but you'll get three good years out of yeah. him. Yeah. Worth it all day long. Yeah. So again, you, you look at it, so, okay, if Joe Hart's up to it, 
and he has got a brilliant pedigree but he hasn't played for two years don't just take him because he's available and he costs nothing now see if you've got Joe Hart that costs you nothing in terms of a transfer fee 50 grand a week in wages to, to Spurs or you've got some that's going to cost you 7 million quid that's 25 pay the 7 million quid Paul pay, you look at quality look Edward look at the quality Edward brings you at 8-9 million pounds look what Tony Ivan Tony would have brought you at 6-7 million pounds look at John McGinn would have brought you at 3 million pounds so there needs to be a, a change in the mindset in terms of what they what they do. You can't keep producing um, Henrik Larsons and Lubo Monafchik's. It doesn't work. You can't keep spending two million quid on Klimalas yeah. and Bios and Rasmussens and Banguras and Chifties and hoping that they work. What are you trying to do to Darren here? You know, <laughs> so go and right, spend yeah. proper money. Yeah, yeah, a a top-class goalkeeper yeah. wins you games also. Yeah. You've seen that with Alan McGregor and previous to that with Fraser Foster. Mm. I remember watching Celtic when they won yeah. nine in a row and they won yeah. the Cups. Fraser Foster won games for Celtic. Yeah. That's how good he was for them. Yeah. One Celtic that Cup that day at Hamden, you're right back. 100%. Yeah. And Papered even, over the cracks, maybe, as also, that team was ageing. When you've got a goalkeeper mm. like that, he's a presence. Yeah. He's a big presence mm. in goal. He's not just a top-class yeah. goalkeeper, he's a presence. Look at Don Amura for Italy. Yeah, of course. See, he, you've he, got a maybe won it for them. Yeah. Yeah. You've got a goalkeeper, you're playing in front of it, and you know when a team's going to get through, you're relying, you're believing that your goalkeeper's going to make saves. Darren, Alan McGregor yeah. done that last year for time Rangers. Time after time. He yeah. won games Play for Rangers. Yeah. Darren, who's the keeper for you? Who would you go for? Well, I don't know. I don't know how, how much better. I think it's marginal if Joe Hart's better than Bain and Barkas. You know, Barry's obviously played with him a good few years ago. Mm -hmm. But this just, again, this is just symptomatic. If you've got a structure in place, you will have your scouting team, your football operations team will have a short list of players. Right, OK, Foster's left last year. Who are we going for? Yeah. OK, is Barkas? Mm -hmm. Is Barkas good enough? Well, let's know. OK, we're going to try again this summer. Who's top of the list? Let's yeah. go for them. But we didn't have that. We're going, mm -hmm. it feels like we're going for default because somebody's available, Joe Hart. We're going to spend the gutsy 40 grand a week on him, you know, maybe plus a transfer fee. That, that yeah, Tottenham won a million apparently. Yeah. Have they asked the question yeah. about David Marshall? Have they spoken to Darby? Yeah. Have they asked the question? Yeah. Now, if there's a club that's ripe for picking, yeah. they know it's Darby Curry. Yeah, it goes back to last season, Mark. Yeah, again, like the, the Gordon, chance, yeah. Like David Marshall was available. Craig Gordon letting him go. Of course. I mean, uh, it baffles me why they let Craig Gordon go. Um, I know they offered him a, a poor contract, but I'm sure they would have sat mm -hmm. down and sorted something, sat round the table. Complacency, Barry. Yep. And you just look at Craig Gordon, for instance. I watched the, the Celtic and, and Hearts game. He's still a top-class yes. goalkeeper, yeah. Craig Gordon. Mm -hmm. The talking goes on and the controversy. Darren, thanks for that call. We'll speak to you soon. Okay, cheers. We'll look at Rangers and look forward to Malmo just after this. The Go Radio Football Show. Talking football first. Listen live weeknights from five. I've watched a lot of Malmo. Being impressed with their team ethic, you know, the work rate, uh, the fitness levels. They're obviously well into the season now and have started the season extremely strong. So they're obviously going to be a confident team. I think the way they play, they can obviously play with a back four, but also change to a back five. So we have to be ready to whatever challenge comes our way on the night. So I think they're an aggressive team, especially at home. I noticed that against Helsinki, they came right out the blocks and pressed, pressed extremely high and were aggressive. So we're going to have to be really good in possession. We're going to have to be really good at playing through the press. You know, we need to make sure that we can go and hurt Malmo's back four because if they're going to come at us very aggressive, we know where the spaces are to go and hurt them. 
Stephen Gerrard speaking today ahead of tomorrow's game against Malmo. Mark, they're coming thick and fast and it's coming early for Rangers as it yeah. does for all the Scottish teams and as Barry said, they're what, 12, 13 games into their season? Yeah, yeah. Malmo are a good team. Paul spoke about them Friday night. Christians yep. in the middle of the park. Playmaker. Mm. Really, really good. Um, Inga Berget, um, experienced player who was at Cardiff for a, a, a loan spell at Celtic. Um, is good as well. Um, they've got a striker um, from uh, Croatia. Mm. Can't remember his name off the top of my head but he's good. Um, you know, good pedigree. I'll, I'll find out his name. Um, John Dalton the, the, the manager so yeah they're, they're a very very competent team as I said on Friday I think it's a good draw for Rangers but it's a, it's a dangerous one Paul and Rangers will need to be right on it because Malmo are in a proper rhythm competitive games under the belt but I've heard a bit of news today that, that Alfredo Morelos appears to he's up for the challenge at Rangers and, and, and wants to stay um, at Rangers and there's been talks and really positive talks at Especially if Rangers get into the Champions League, but even if they don't, he appears to be up for the up for the fight and is not looking to 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 push um, to to get away. You slipped that one in. Is that breaking news? Could well I, be. I'd say Paul. it is. Yeah, Barry. Well stuff. Yeah, he does. Jake is a Rangers fan. Is on the line from Partick. Jake, what do you think of that news? Morelos fancies it this year again. Hi lads, how are we doing? Hello, Jake. Yeah, what do you reckon about Morelos? Is that some good news? If his attitude's in the right place, aye. Um, if he wants to stay and he's not going to be as petulant as he's been the past few years and he wants to work hard in training and he wants to put in the effort, then aye, and he boy, he's a 25 goal season striker. You're not going to say no to that. But if his attitude's stinking, uh, then I'd count my losses and get and get money in for him and get a replacement mm-hmm. in, especially if we, even if we do get the Champions League. But like I say, it's completely down to ha- himself and his attitude mm-hmm. and how Gerard looks at him in training, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Barry, yeah, listen. If Stephen Gerard sensed that his attitude was going to be off, he, he wouldn't be made um, welcome. Um, but it was interesting to see Stephen Gerard make a comment that he brought Sakala to come in and play with Morelos mm-hmm. partnership. A partnership. So that tells me maybe he's he's um, going to maybe change the formation. And it tells me that he wants to keep Morelos. Um, and if his attitude um, is spot on for me, I like him. I've always liked him. Um, even been through some tough spells in terms of his indiscipline at times. When he's on his game, Morelos is a real handful. Yeah. And Rangers are a better team with Morelos in it for me. And sure, he's petulant at times, but that's I part don't of mind him, Listen, isn't he plays yeah. on the edge. He's yeah. going to get the odd booking here and there. He might get the old red card, but that's what that's what he does. That, that's um, that's him at his best. He's got to play an edge. If you take that out of Morelos' game, he's not the same player. Um, and I thought he had a real good season last year. He never scored as many goals as he did previous, but I thought his all-round game was impressive last year. And I hope um, what Mark's just said is true because I would like to see him stay because he's a big player for Rangers. Jake, what do you want to ask Mark and Barry here and go? I just, I just wanted to hear um, what you think the Rangers... Uh, chances of actually reaching the group stage. Obviously, we know now that it's going to be Malmo um, tomorrow night and week next week. And then if they do manage to get through that, it'll be Olympiacos Lubegas. I just want to hear the lads' opinion on what, what they think Rangers' chances are of actually reaching the group stage. OK. Here's what Stephen Gerrard said today when he was asked about Champions League itself. It's something that's been a, a target since day one. The first challenge was always to get European football back. From a Europa League point of view, you know, the challenge here was to always finish top of the league at some point. 
we managed to do that in, in spectacular form last year um, and that's given us the opportunity to qualify. There's still a lot of work to do. Malmo first and foremost, we've got a lot of respect for. Captain's a fantastic player, number nine's a fantastic player so we'll have to be right at it over the two legs to get the opportunity to get into the playoff first and foremost. Getting into the Champions League is not really the focus right now. It's trying to get into that playoff round. But it's where he wants to be, Barry, and where he wants to show what Rangers are about this season. Yeah, and Rangers as a football club should be in the, the group stages of the, the, the Champions League. Um, but his attitude's spot on. They can't think about Olympiacos or Ludogrets. They've got to think of one thing only, and that's Malmo. Because um, as I said, it's going to be a tough game. Do I think they can get through into the group stages? 100%. I think they've got a strong enough squad with Manelos now back in the country, hopefully be available for the weekend. I believe Rangers are strong enough um, to certainly get the result against Malmo and then see who they get out of Olympiacos and Ludogrets. You think they are heading for the Champions League? Yeah, I think they'll go through against sure. Malmo. Great. Yeah, but yep. I'm no... Listen. One game at a time. Yeah, one game. You've got yep. to approach it like that, but they've got a great opportunity. Yep. I think the, the squad, certainly with his signings, the Sakala, listen, he's looked impressive. I think it's been an absolute steal getting Lindstrom. Um, I think if he had a year left in his contract or two year, you're talking about a £10 million player. Yeah. Um, Premier League experience. He's, he brings something different. He's a powerful midfielder, box to box, and he scores goals. So I think that was a brilliant find. Um, so he's kept all the, the top players for last year and he's added good quality. So they're in a stronger position for me. Mark, what do you reckon? Rangers Champions League? Yeah, um, Paul, I think the draw has been... I wouldn't go so far as to being being kind to them, but I think it's been, I think it's as good as Rangers could ask for. Um, so you're right when you look at the squad that they've got, the the money that that's there, the way the board have backed Steven Gerrard, um, the European experience that they've built up over the past two or three years. And I think um, the board would certainly be looking for it and say to the to the manager, yes, you've delivered the title, but now we're looking for payback as well. It's up to you and the players to now go and deliver. It's a good draw. It's a draw that Rangers can get through between Malmo and then particularly, I mean, I think Olympiakos will beat Ludogorets, but if Ludogorets get through, it's almost shooting in for Rangers against the Bulgarians. So um, I think Rangers would be bitterly, bitterly disappointed. If Rangers don't go through with this one, it's like Celtic in the past couple of years, Ferenc Varos, AAK Athens, it's that kind of level. They're going to say, wait a minute, this is it's not good enough that we've not made it. And I think they will and the number nine that I was referring to and Stephen Gerrard is referring to is Antonio Kolak so between Anders Christensen in the, the middle of the park and then Kolak um, up front that's the the two players that could uh, get the potential to cause Rangers a lot of problems you don't get any easy games in the Champions League qualifiers um, I knew that myself coming up against teams that you didn't know too much about but when you played against them they were good technically real good teams but I agree with Mark I think they have got a good draw and they've got every opportunity every opportunity to go through. Barry, what's happening transfer-wise? They've done the business over the last year or two. They've done it well. They've added, we know, Sakala, Lundstrom. Are Rangers going to sell and have to sell this summer? One or two players? Or I, What's the inside track? I, I don't think they have to sell. I think if a, a, an offer comes in that, that they think is um, they need to look closely at in terms of Morelos. Mm. Um, but... Obviously, Mark's just told us a few minutes ago yeah. that it looks mm -hmm. to me if he wants to stay, which is brilliant news. But money talks. If somebody comes in for, mm -hmm. with a, a fantastic offer for Amarelos or a Kent, they may may need to seriously consider that. But Kamara. Uh, yeah, or Kamara. Mm -hmm. But I think the Rangers board deserve a lot of credit. The way they've backed to the manager's been fantastic. And, the, and all the transfer windows... Mm -hmm. um, 
and it's a real opportunity for them to get into the the champion uh, sorry the Champions League group stages and if they do that I think he'd be allowed to keep his top players Jake what do you make of all that? Uh, no I, I agree um, to the extent that um, they don't need to sell their players but what Barry said spot on if, an offer, if the right offer does come in for the right amount of money but for me it's just the one player and I've and I heard a lot of players or a lot of players talk about this and the one player that they really can't sell in my opinion is Kent because I just yeah. think he's the one that's Almost out of place. Well, out of place was one of those words that get thrown around quite a lot. But he is. When you think about, like you can, Kamara, you get a, a few bob for him. I, still, I do think you could find a midfielder that can do his job. Um, Morelos, you could find a striker that could get you twenty-five to thirty goals a season. Rangers might even already have it there already with your roofs and that and etc. But mm-hmm. Kent, what he does on and off the ball, I just think you're not mm-hmm. getting anywhere near that. Um, for cheap anyway, not not for. Anything under 10, 15 million, you're not getting that. What he does, like I say, when he's on the ball, it's special. Even when he does off the ball, that's one of the reasons why the fullbacks at Rangers can press so high. It's just because of what Kent does. He does everything um, that a manager would want. So for me, he's just the one that, if anything came in, if I read anything in the newspapers about a team looking after him, I'd probably hide behind my sofa, to be honest, because I just can't let him (laughs) go. Yeah, it's so important that they keep him. He's a game changer. No, no doubt in my mind about it I, I think in time Rangers will lose him I do think he is Aye, good enough to yeah. go down and, and play in the Premier League no doubt in my mind but hopefully they keep him this season because I do think in time as well they've got a ready made replacement Scott Wright mm-hmm. great PC business bring them in in January mm-hmm. got him used to the surroundings mm-hmm. and he came on against Livingston and he showed flashes yeah. that he's got the potential to be a, a long term replacement for, for Kent but I want to see Kent and I'm sure all the Rangers fans they need to keep Kent this season Scott Wright's goal he did well he's the manager speaking about him afterwards we're working on him a lot in in the final third in terms of getting numbers into his game but uh, I thought he'd come on today and he was a right bright spark full of energy Um, he sees a pass he's always looking forward looking to penetrate he's quick and um, he got his rewards from another strong performance so he's really in my thinking for Tuesday night now Mark yeah terrific finish from from Scott Wright And, and again Paul Okay, I, I get it. You know your Sakalas and your Lundstroms are available on uh, on Bosmans, and you do your homework and, and you get them. You probably try and get them in January if the clubs are willing to sell. I can knock down fee, but if you don't, you're patient. You sign them up. It's good forward plan. But as I said on Friday night again, the January window for me, clubs, you hear them say, "Oh, it's a difficult window." I think that's just a ready-made excuse because for Celtic and Rangers, getting players in in January, like the Scott Wright, given that six months prep time. Mm-hmm. All your games against Malmore, Olympiacos or Celtic, Meterland, all, all the games, you're giving them six, one, six, six months to bed in rather than the case of some of them, six days mm-hmm. to bed in for a £30 million. It's similar um, with signing, see, like, yeah. like, forward planning, Barry. Yep, and what I like about what the manager's doing is he gets these players in the first day mm-hmm. of pre-season so they can get used Aye. to have three or four weeks with the team, get used to the surroundings and the pressures because the pressures these players would never experience anywhere else because you're you're under pressure to perform and win every single game. So I think it was a great piece of business with Scott Wright, Marks, bang on the button. Get him in, get him used to it. And I, I do believe that he's got potential um, to be a, a, a starting player for Rangers. He might have been a wee bit disappointed. Well, I'm sure he would have been disappointed not to start. But that's what yeah. happens. You've yeah. got to have competition for places. That's mm-hmm. what Steven Gerrard's got just now. Mm-hmm. He's got, when you look at the start of 11... Arfield, you think all those players... Yeah, you look at the well. bench, yep. you look at so many Morelos, obviously no ready to... Uh, be picked yet but a lot of strength and depth there a lot of competition for places and that's what you need to see if you want to go and 
challenge for league titles, challenge in the cups. You need a big squad, and that's what Rangers have got. I think they've got two bigger squads, as you'll mm -hmm. see. I think we, there'll be one or two leaving over the next two or three weeks. I would imagine the ones that are not really getting yeah. in the eighteen um, to cut the wage bill a wee bit. Mm -hmm. yeah. But I just look at Rangers bench. Rangers starting eleven. I look at their bench, and they're very, very strong. Jake, what do you think about tomorrow night? It's going to be tough. What do you think is going to happen? Are you right? It's going to be tough. Um, any any fan that says it's it's an easy draw is nonsensical because you know people are also forgetting the three key players that are missing. You're missing Kamara, obviously yeah. Kamara, which we'll we'll I'm sure we can all agree doesn't make any sense, but he's still missing and Balogun. So I feel like you can get a replacement for Balogun. Helander, hopefully, or Helander, sorry, will come in come in there and replace him. Uh, Kamara, you'll probably see Lundstrom come in there. I'm assuming that's why he didn't start against. Uh, Livingston but um, one for me that I would like to see because obviously Gerard was talking today about how they play with a back four and then they can revert to a back five I would actually like to see Scotty Arthur get some minutes tomorrow mate um, I've just got a wee feeling that he could find those wee pockets of space over there um, that will give Rangers those opportunities to get in behind see if they do play for Cal and Kent on the wings um, he finds that wee space in there that they can then um, they can then get them in behind, especially if they do revert to a back five. But I think the midfield will probably be Davis, Lundstrom, and Aribo, um, which which I'm I'm happy with. Davis is the best midfielder in Scotland, and I've always said that, so I'm I'm no problem with him playing. But um, I, I do, like I say, I'm a wee bit worried about those three players missing because they are key players. Let's not let's not be with which they are three key players that you're missing. But it should be one of those games that Rangers go into with confidence, but with weariness as well and um, the away goal situations mm -hmm. are a bit strange as well yeah, going into away, away yeah. European game with no away goal advantage um, because it would have been an advantage to Rangers having the away game first because yeah. they could have went there and got a wee goal and then came back with an advantage but they just need, they just need to go there and, and play the way that Rangers can play maybe play a wee bit on that counter-attack which suits Gerrard with his European uh, with Rangers in Europe mm -hmm. for the past three years um, get a wee go over there then bring them back to Ibrox and then finish them off that's what I'd be doing if it was up to me anyway So what's your scoreline? Is it 1-0 or is it 1-1? What do you think will happen? Scoreline? I'm going to say 1-0 yeah. 1-0, um, yeah, okay 1-0, I'll be confident 1-0 yeah. Good man Mark, you mentioned Scott Arfield Do you think he will play tomorrow night? I, I, I agree with Jake He's an intelligent footballer particularly when you go away from from home in Europe, mm -hmm. Paul, and and you know you know how meticulous Rangers will, will be in the prep, you know they'll, they'll want the players to follow the tactical instruction to the letter. And Scott Arfield is someone who carries that out. He's mm -hmm. diligent that way. Uh, he's intelligent that way. So you know, like you say with Rangers, I, I don't know what what um, strengths and weaknesses Stephen Gerrard and his staff have identified in Malmo. But you'd imagine if you say to them now, go over there and get a nil nil or a one one. They bite your hand off for it to oh, get you it back tied. So I think there'll be players there that they can trust 100% that are going to follow the game plan and if there's a role for Scott Arfield he fits into it perfectly. You just used a, um, a word there, trust. Stephen Gerrard trusts Scott Arfield but I just look at that engine room, the midfield. Real strength and depth there as well. I mean, real competition for places. Um, Stephen Davis, Lindstrom... You can go on Arfield, Arebo. I, I thought Arebo was fantastic last year. Um, so look, it's a strong, strong area of the field. And any one of the players that I mentioned could easily start in the Rangers midfield. You know, see, you just mentioned those players. So I know we're going yep. to the break. See, you think twelve months ago you've been mm. assessing the Celtic squad and the Rangers squad, and you look at them now. It's incredible where Rangers have gone. It's a where they're, where they're, what they're mm -hmm. elevated to. 
and the dip in Celtic it's frightening actually the way the, 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 the change in, in, in forces in both clubs hard to find a weakness isn't it Barry this uh, phone in has gone to it's almost like a love in it's hard to but it is hard to find weakness at the moment in that squad yeah and the way I look at it as well you need to fight to get into that starting 11 yeah. and when you get into that starting 11 you need to play well if you don't play well He's got you'll, find, yeah, yep. you'll find yourself um, sitting on the, on the bench and somebody will replace you so that's what you want you need competition for places Jake good call speak to you soon The Go Radio Football Show talking football first listen live weeknights from 5 Sun is out again here in Glasgow in the West. Barry, it's been some summer, isn't it? Are you still in the shorts this evening here in the Go Radio Football Show? No, no, I, um, I wore the shorts last week. Thankfully, you didn't <laughs> because of your legs. Um, but no, listen, the weather's weather's brilliant. Great day yesterday. Great, great again today. You were in the town yesterday. Weren't you? you were in Glasgow. It was great to be out and about. Yeah, I was with my and a half yep. Um, yep. out for a wee bite eat just to take my mind off football because uh, yep. I was driving myself insane. Did you go um, back and watch the game? Because we talked about yeah, you on Saturday. That. We watched. It. I watched that I was climbing the walls when did you um, get to sleep about three in the morning um, but listen I've got to do, you've got to do that I've got to make sure I get through it um, and work on Tuesday and Thursday that the things that we didn't do good enough um, so there's a lot of hard work to be done this week um, but listen the boys will be up for it there's, there's no doubt because I let them know it ain't good enough we need to win games of football I know it's, I know it's early you're only one competitive league, league game in but for you personally, do you notice a difference in, in, in standard from League One to, to the, the Lowland League? In terms of the teams you play against, yeah, but in terms of the players that I had, that mean I had guys who could play mm. in League One and even the Championship at, at Kelty. But look, we've got good players, but we're missing. It doesn't help when you're missing guys who would certainly win with a right good shout of playing. Um, but I'm not going to use that as an excuse. That gives other guys opportunities and they've mm -hmm. got to take that opportunity. Mm -hmm. Um so I don't like using the excuses. We need to, but hopefully we'll get one or two back for the game this weekend. Um, but listen, it's all about how you respond and I, I'll be watching closely in Tuesday and Thursday because I, I need a response. Um, I need to see it, how much they want it and um, and we'll go for there. But I'm fully expecting a, a good session tomorrow. Takes over, doesn't it? Football is back. It's great for the fans back at the weekend. 23,500 at Ibrooks. There'll be 24,500 this Sunday at Celtic Park. I see the Green Brigade are calling for a protest before the game. Mark, yeah. what do you think the effect of that is? Do you, know, do you think it's maybe just too early? Give them a chance. I mean, they know how bad things are just now. Surely the owner and the directors know that. And things are going on now. Um, to well, rectify think, it. Well, you know, the Celtic fans, Paul... Um, in the past few weeks um, have pledged £30 million to the football club you know whoever it is you pay, if you yep. pay in a one you pay over two or three payments they for the second season I don't bear in mind they didn't have a thing um, last season so you know if they're not happy about the football club and, and they want to let the people know who run the football club I think they're entitled to do so in a peaceful manner um, and you know there's frustration there about about their club and if they want to make their feelings known, Paul, I, I don't think there's a, a problem with that. They are supporters, paying customers, whatever you want to call them, whatever way you want to um, to label them, because you know there might be a feeling that, oh, you know, the, the club got our money and they've got a 30 million quid and now they're, they're, they're no bother. They're, there's problems within Celtic and, and what you need. And, you know, for his own sake, for Don McKay's sake, ahead of Sunday, ahead of the home game, um regardless of how the game goes on, on, on Thursday night in Europe um, I think there should be a proper detailed update on where the football club is going from, from Don McKay to 
as uh, season ticket holders and the, the, the wider Celtic fan base if not Dermot Desmond the majority shareholder yeah you, you never hear from Dermot Desmond uh, Paul Maybe it's right, time right, to. rightly or wrongly yeah but, but you know Dominic Mackay is paid to lead the football club but you heard Darren earlier he's just in the door yeah he's just in the door but he's paid to lead the football club he's and a billionaire owner well majority shareholder all the yeah. advantages of that without owning the whole club but yeah but well, I, I, I think between the uh, the chief the new chief executive and the chairman don't you know don't forget chairman it's a it's a prestigious role to have you're the chairman of Celtic as, as Ian Bankier holds that role what's Ian Bankier's thoughts the football club what's 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 he doing as chairman to, to, to look at things and you know at boardroom level you know again he you correct me if I'm wrong Paul you held senior positions all your days the chairman leads the boardroom yeah, is that, is that strategy yeah yeah so yeah. what's going on the Celtic fans are, are looking for answers mm. it could come good they could get into the Europa League they could beat Rangers at the end of the month at Ibrox for all you know they could sign four or five top players get 20 million in for Edward and you know four weeks from now everything's looking good again but you can't guess it's about the here and now and the here and now is the Celtic supporters are concerned and you can totally understand their concern and their frustrations. We know there's only one game gone but here's how the table looks today. Rangers, Aberdeen, Hibs and Hearts all on three points at the top. Then you've got Dundee, St Mirren, Ross County, St Johnson after their draws at the weekend and then Motherwell, Celtic, Dundee United and Livingston yeah we all know the scores by now I won't go through them all but some great games over the weekend not least yesterday with uh, Hibs coming back a couple of times uh, to beat Motherwell it's a really good game I know you would uh, see it Barry and uh, Aberdeen beating Dundee United Lewis enjoying things uh, with Scott Brown there as well we'll talk about them mm-hmm. in fact you want to say yep yeah I, I just think with Scott Brown going to Aberdeen it releases Lewis to get forward mm-hmm. I prefer seeing Lewis, I don't know if you agree with me. I like to see him getting into the box and, and get more goals. goals. Yeah, he, listen, he can certainly do that, and that's um, I think that's one of his strengths. Um, getting forward up in support of the the striker, um, and certainly he'll be allowed to do that with Scott Brown coming in and patrolling and letting mm-hmm. Lewis off the leash a wee bit. I, I do think he's a much better player when he's he's let, as I said, off the leash to get forward and, and try and create and score goals. Um, Marcus, and I think you'll see that. Is he a future Celtic? Could he be a Celtic player then? Given that there's, you know, if Ryan Christie's going to go, um, would there be a place for Lewis Ferguson? Uh, for Celtic? Celtic? Yeah, Watford offered three million. Aberdeen have said no. Should Celtic come in with four or five million? Well, uh, 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 do I think that Lewis Ferguson's good enough to yes. go and play for Celtic? Yes, I do. Will Celtic go from? I've no idea about that, but I certainly think he's good enough to go and make an impact mm-hmm. um, at Celtic. That's what I thought it was a lovely pass he put through yeah. for Johnny go. Hayes, another guy that Celtic let go uh, last summer. Um, but I thought it was a really good pass that he put through and I think and I wasn't at the game um, at Pataudry uh, yesterday but I watched the, the highlights in sports scene and even just looking at the warm up and different things you can see if Scott Brown's brought a presence to the club mm-hmm. already you, know, you just see him doing his warm up you see him get up with a couple of the, the youngsters the, the, the young left back at full time and putting his arm around him and the, the, the other uh, full back as well and you think he's brought a bit of presence to the cup. and you can also tell too that he's been hurt by obviously what happened at Celtic last year as captain not getting the 10 in a row but personally a lot of people have basically written him off and said he's yesterday's man now, yeah he wasn't the same player as he was three years ago under Brendan Rodgers but he's still got a lot to offer and um, I thought I was very impressed with Aberdeen yesterday yeah, but you, you the United concerns for them I think they're going to struggle you can buy experience yeah what he's obviously done over the last um, 
10 or 12 years at Celtic he'll bring a bit of that because um, he's been used to winning most weeks um, a serial, and serial what, winner yep and somebody with the experiences bring that into a club like Aberdeen I think it'll help them mm. there, there, there's no doubt and he'll help the younger players as well but listen that's what he is he's, he's, a, he's a leader um, and I think he'll bring on um, guys like Lewis and Ross McCrory guys like that I think yeah. they'll they'll uh, get the benefit of Scott Brown but will he be coming to Glasgow would he be on his way to Celtic would there be a place <laughs> at Rangers but you just see so many Scott Wright he was there earlier in the year yeah. and uh, you know Celtic could have come in for him here's Ange Postacoglu I mean it was cruel for Celtic late in the game they could have had a goal uh, it didn't happen and then the free kick we saw at John Suter and good for him back after uh, those injuries comes back and he gets the goal here's the manager Postacoglu at the end yeah obviously disappointing um, hugely disappointing to, to lose the game there were parts of our game where we uh, you know we were quite dominant in certain areas you know we got ourselves back into the game and I thought we were more than likely look like we were going to win it, but obviously we got done on the set piece at the end. It's always frustrating any time you can you can see whether it's set piece or not. Um, but you know it's certainly an area where we knew that they were a threat. It was probably the only threat they had, particularly late in the game, and uh, we should have dealt with it better. The squad, he said, it is. He didn't say the word threadbare, but it is. Yeah, I think in a front third, you know, at times the quality of our play is is lacking at the moment. We get into good crossing areas, good shooting positions, and. Uh, we're getting let down. And, you know, to be fair to the players, there's a little bit of lack of cohesion there. I mean, you know, I'm throwing them in there and, you know, they haven't really had a chance to settle as a group. But, you know, we should still be stronger at the end there, not to concede. Actually, that's the area of the part that they were so strong, isn't it? Yeah, but in terms of the goal, that was Celtic's Achilles heel last yeah, season. Back, yeah. Set pieces. Um, and John Suter, obviously, a free, it was a free header. It was a free yeah. header. There's no doubt. I, I, I agree with Mark. There wasn't a lot of power in it. But in terms of John Suter, I like him. I really yeah. do. Um, he's had a tough time to torn Achilles. Um, he's come back and he looks strong. I think physically he's matured as well, John Suter. I think there's a real player there in time. Just needs to get back playing games of football. I think Hearts maybe or may struggle to hold on to him. Yeah, yeah. he could be a proper yep. asset for them. And, and on Hearts, and you asked me about it at the top of the show, Paul, I didn't actually give... I was speaking about Celtic, yeah. doesn't give credit to, to Robbie Nielsen, the staff, you know, for just getting getting a game plan and having to hang in there and not having a lot of the ball. But what they did identify in the Scottish Cup final, albeit they lost in penalty kicks, but they knew if they could get set pieces, they would hurt Celtic. And they did, because two of their goals came from set pieces. And then again, on, on Saturday night, free kick, 30 yards out, boom, into the box. And, and, and there you go. And you can see the way that Hearts lined up for that free kick there was planning went, went into it you know there, there was an area identified um, so you know credit to them um, for that because I think Robbie Nielsen and, and, and Lee McCulloch um, bearing in mind that the kind of Hearts fans are restless and a bit agitated and not 100% convinced mm -hmm. by them that was a massive result for them on Saturday night and you know I was delighted for them because two really good guys yeah because there's a bit of grumbling through there isn't there yeah, but, you know they yeah. weren't happy about the Brora Rangers thing last season which uh, we find strange not that that one result but they're back and they're back with a bang yeah it was a good weekend for Edinburgh obviously with Hibs winning as well it was a good weekend for Rangers the three goal win over Livingston and afterwards the manager spoke about the win I thought it was good in large parts I think we played with a lot of control you know there's very little uh, action in our block and there uh, John had a relatively quiet afternoon so I'm really pleased about that. From the first whistle up until we went 1-0 up, we were terrific. Played with a real agency and an intensity that Livingston was struggling to cope with. And then I thought our mentality changed from 1-0. Uh, we complicated the game a little bit and um, everyone was taking that extra touch and slowed it down a little bit. And um, it gave Livingston a chance to breathe. 
Um, from 2-0 to, to seeing the game out, I thought we were fantastic again. So it was just that middle part, really, where we needed to just take less touches and keep finding outcomes, crosses, shots, and keep testing the goalkeeper. Because I thought we, we sort of come off come off it a little bit from there. News is coming up next. Barry, no problems with Alan McGregor. Was he just rested then with uh, tomorrow night coming up against Malmo? Yeah, I mean, I was, I was surprised um, that, that he didn't start. Um, but I, th I think John McLaughlin is, is a decent goalkeeper. Um, but look, I think Alan McGregor, with the qualities and the experience that he brings to the team, he'll be he'll be in the nets in, uh, tomorrow night against Malmo. Ready for the next hour? Yep. 08, 08, 17, 17, 700. Mark Guidi, Barry Ferguson, Paul Cooney. The news is next. The Go Radio Football Show, talking football first. Listen live weeknights from five. Hour two is underway. Week two underway now in the Scottish FPL. And, uh, well, so much to talk about after the weekend. Business as usual at the top. That's what Rangers would say. 3-0 against Livingston. And Celtic would want to challenge that, but not so far beaten 2-1. The late, late goal at Hearts. Ange Postacoglu said Celtic should have won. It's a game we could have won tonight, and we didn't. And... You know, we've, we've got to be better at closing out games and we've just got to keep improving and we've got a game Thursday and, and we've got to bounce back and, and, and get a win. Uh, you know, we can't afford time. We've got, to, we've got to start getting results and start turning our sort of good play into results. Is that a crisis, Mark? Is it too early to say? Or just what, briefly, what would you say? How would you encapsulate the Celtic situation? How would you summarise it? Um, there's cause for concern, Paul. Um, for the patient. Behind the yep. scenes. The lack of depth in the squad, the the manager, um, everything. There's, there's a shout coming in now that that Joe Hart that he does appear now to be the preferred choice to solve the goalkeeping uh, problem, and there's there's a lot of work going on um, behind the scenes right now to try and get that deal over the line. Shouldn't be too difficult though, is it? Because he hasn't played for ages. They say a million pounds, and this is the solution. You're a goalkeeper, Mark. A lot of people worried. There's a reason he's not been playing. He was fantastic, Liverpool number one, but hasn't been for what? Five years, yeah, he's he's been you know he's he's you know since uh, Guardiola decided to 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 change him um, and what and what a move that was you know we we look at um, Ederson how good he's been but since then Joe Hart you know he, he said West Ham um, Burnley. he said Burnley yep. he's now at Spurs albeit he did go to Spurs I think it was made very clear to him he was going there as number two to Hugo Lloris perhaps even number three and he seemed to 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 settle for that which is an indication but one thing I don't know was he thirty four or something like that Barry. Uh, you know, can he come up here and do well? Yeah, um, he can, and I'm sure that, that Celtic and Stevie Woods, a goalkeeping coach, will have really researched him thoroughly because they can't afford to make another mistake uh, with the goalkeeping yeah, situation. In, in terms of Joe, I don't think it will come down to money now because he's obviously done. He's been very successful wherever he's been: Man City, West Ham, Burnley, now Tottenham. So he, full time be, wages for a few years. Yeah, he'll, he'll not be short of a few bob. So Joe's yeah. now a, get a decision: does he want to go somewhere and be second or third choice, or does he want to go and see out his career, being a number one? Um, that's a decision. Yeah. That Joe has to make. Um, and by the way, playing in front of sixty thousand yeah, to, to be a part of a club that's to go and try and topple Rangers yeah, and, yeah. And, and and regain. Um, number one, yeah. one place. So it's a massive chat, and you'd like to think, and you know him, Barry. I'm sure if he's got anything about him, he's what I want a bit of that. One I thing I will say about Joe, he was first in and last out. Was he? Yeah, yep, really he was hard Birmingham. Now I'm talking ten year ago. Yeah. Um, so obviously times moved on. He's he's played at a host of different clubs. But one thing that stuck out for me with Joe Hart was his work ethic. Um, as I said, very hard working goalkeeper, brilliant teammate, very very loud, good strong character 
Um, but obviously had a difficult time as Mark had mentioned yeah. there a minute or so ago at Man City he wasn't he had a few mistakes in him a few mistakes with England and since mm-hmm. then he's not really played much over the last I think he went loan to Torino didn't he? He did over that that's right. he's a year over there yeah right. he's a year over oh, there yeah. so he's not played much it's now down to Joe does he want to play and go and see out the, his career being a number one or is he settled to be a number two and come in I think it's the League Cup games he's played with mm-hmm. at Tottenham 10 games 29th of August could he be the Celtic goalkeeper at Ibrox so Alan but, McGregor one goal and it could be 40 odd thousand there maybe 45,000 yeah it's yeah. not that way and the, the, right. the ironic thing Paul Joe Hart was offered to Celtic last summer and, and the, the response by all accounts was we're looking to, to bring in a goalkeeper younger yeah. with, with a sell-on value so there was a chance of getting Joe Hart last summer and it was knocked in the head what, what, one thing as well is a presence he's a Big boy, giant. Yep. Joe, uh, he's a mm. giant of a goalkeeper, um, and uh, look, I think he would do well um, up here. He's a giant of the phone-ins. It's Sean from Gothamlock. Good evening, Sean. Yeah, I'm giant, definitely. I think there's got to be a giant signing in the next 24 hours. Harry said <coughs> to um, Man City because he's not supposed to be got told not to come up for training, so they're speculating it could be on now. 160 million. Same money, Barry Ferguson. Is that going? To, is that going to Celtic? Are you saying or Rangers? No, or no, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> no, he's at, so you reckon it is happening? He's off to Man I City on the Barry Ferguson yeah. money. Yep, uh, yep. They're splashing the cash, Man City. They certainly yeah. are. It's not like Jack Grealish. I said amazing. like the yeah. hundred million, um, and, and you're talking what is it? One hundred twenty million Tottenham want for. Harry Kane, some amount of money. Daniel um, was just saying 150 million, but that's his starting position, probably. Yeah, but I think that's yeah. a sign when he's yeah. not turned up where, when he should have turned up today. I think that's a sign that it's coming to an end at Tottenham. Because he's a first, I mean, he's not a kind of rebel guy, is he? He's not the kind of guy that wouldn't it turn up. It doesn't strike me nah. if he's a guy like that. Yeah. Um, but listen, to force a move, maybe he's been advised. To, to do certain things um, sometimes but, it's got to turn ugly isn't it yep. to get the move through mm-hmm. and it's one thing I don't think he would like to happen because he's, he's come through at Tottenham he's got a good relationship with Daniel Levy and yep. the, mm-hmm. the Tottenham fans but it looks to me that he wants and a player of his quality mm-hmm. he wants to win sure. trophies so and to, all due respect I don't think he'll do that at Tottenham I see Dean Henderson the Man United goalkeeper uh, Man you're in Scotland preparing for the new season but he's got the, seems like the effects of long Covid so uh, he's a worry at the moment we hope it goes well for him a fantastic keeper and if you're just tuning in on Go Radio here the football show Mark Guidi Barry Ferguson Paul Cooney the news is that uh, well the word is that Morellas is up for this season now unless this massive bid comes in somewhere then he wants to fight and he wants to do well and play in the Champions League with Rangers and uh, talks go on today it could be Joe Hart could be on his way to Celtic from Tottenham Sean for you um, a good Saturday afternoon nothing to worry you did you feel against Livingston Uh, Yanis Hadji took a knock in fact here's the manager speaking about the guy who scored the first goal of the new season it's never helpful to to lose a player that that early especially when you've only got three substitutions you know last year you'd probably get away with that a little bit more because you've got the extra couple of subs Uh, he scored an important goal for us to get us uh, up and running Um, and hopefully the kick's not too serious he's a bit sore now but it shouldn't keep him out too long Sean? Well, just, just hopefully it's not too bad and he's just at maybe a, a couple of, maybe a week or two, but I think he'll be all right. And I'm, I'm happy with the game 3 0. I don't even think Rangers are out of first year, to be honest. I actually thought the kids have played even better, but I'll take 3 0 all day long. That's a clean sheet. I think that's over 20, 21 games or something at Ibrox. 
Burnell being back, so I'll take that all day long. 20, 20 on the bounce since what March, just before, in fact, it was the loss to Hamilton Ackies, wasn't it? Um, you know, at the time when Stephen Gerrard says, I need to think about things. It's amazing the way it's turned around. And then with COVID, Sean Scott Wright, we mentioned him earlier on. Um, would you have him in? You're, you're starting 11, I know there's no such thing, but he's staked a claim now, hasn't he, for uh, a starting position tomorrow? I have to have him in, but there's no, there's no many players in that Rangers team I wouldn't have him. So I think it's got to be a lot harder, especially with, I've just heard um, Gerald saying, I didn't know that, it's only three subs going into this season, yep. so it's no the five subs. Mm-hmm. Is that the same for Europe? Good, that's a good question. good question. Yeah, that's a good question, Sean. We'll check and see. Executive producer James will check how many subs for Europe. We will. <laughs> James is always producer. like, Sean's good, isn't he? Yeah, he's executive like, yeah. producer. Uh-huh. We're just checking it for you, Sean. Actually, Barry was out in town uh, yesterday. Uh, Mark's away on European business this week. So I breakfast this morning with someone and we mentioned you, Sean. So we don't mind you being on here and go. We don't mind you being in talk sport, but not down the road. So uh, Jim White was asking for you this morning. Seriously. Brilliant. He was in town. That's what happens when you get around. I phone, well, I phone yourself. There's sometimes phone you talk sport. So. Help them out. That's fine. Talk sport. Help them out. <laughs> yeah. And uh, you're the one that brought in your presents earlier in the year. And actually, thanks to Jim and Rutherglen who brought the birthday present with the show being a year old now. We're into really? year two. 800,000 people have downloaded it. Sean, is anything worrying you for uh, Malmo? I mean, you hear Barry, you hear Mark saying it. You know, this is this is a tough couple of games coming up. Well, do you know what? I think I, I, think I fancy is against Malmo. But the only one I'm a wee bit concerned is Limpiak uh, was. I think they'll be a harder game, but I, I still think Rangers will go through. I think Rangers will make it to the Champions League. Mm-hmm. We're going to answer that first one. Mark, you have been checking with James. What's the latest yep. then on the yep. subs? James yep. is on the ball. Five. Five in Europe. Mm-hmm. You're allowed five in 90 five. minutes. And if, Out of if, there's, ex- if there's extra yep. time... Um, then you're allowed to bring on another one, um, Sean. So that that that's good. I think players have got used to it, and um, I think even Barry Agee, your manager, I think the five subs things. You even for like, say like up until the end of the transfer window, when players you want to get players game time, you want to get just get them up to speed as quickly as possible. So I would have five subs right up until to the. In fact, you know what? I, I like the five subs things. I, I, I would. I think like a lot. I think some clubs didn't. The smaller clubs because the like Rangers and Celtic, and then I heard quite a few people talk about the English Premier League. This the the top like six could go and make five yeah. um, players that would get into any other team. Yeah. Yeah. So that was the that was the kind of thinking of the, the the chat about going back to three subs. For me personally, I like the five subs. I'll be honest yeah. with you, yep, I liked the five subs um, when I seen it changed. Mm-hmm. I was a bit disappointed, but that's the rules now. Just got to go with the rules. You would love to have 12 subs you can have on the bench and you can play have, five. And I'd love to have about 18 fit players, if that's possible. Um, but listen, it's tough. That's uh, life. Yeah, it's yeah. life. You've got to just, yep. um, listen, I'm no one for using excuses, but it'd be nice to have a, a full squad to pick from. Like Bob not getting the boots Aye. on, though. No, I'm, I might need to get the boots <laughs> on, that's the worry. <laughs> Sean, he's listening. On you go, Sean. Barry, see, see that question, uh, players, like, I think there should be a test on them, right? And see if there's no goat cover 19. I think you should be allowed to play if you're not got any faces, at least after two days. I don't think you should need to be isolated for 10 days. I don't, I don't get that rule. I yep. think you should bring a rule in. 
you get tested maybe two or three days, and if you're not going to any symptoms, I think you should be allowed to play. That's just my opinion. But yeah, we've had the players in that situation, Sean. They've went and got um, PCR tested, and they've come back negative um, two or three times. Mm-hmm. Um, but they're still, that's the rules. They've still got to self-isolate, and you can't get them in. Um, that might change got, tomorrow, maybe. I, ho- I don't I'm, know. I'm hoping, yeah. not, not just for us, but I'm hoping for football in general, because yeah. I'm not just the only mm-hmm. manager that's suffering... There's a lot of managers that I've spoke to, mm. uh, spoke to yeah. um, that they've only got 12, 13 players. And right across business, it's happening all over. Yep, so hopefully yeah. that is a um, that is one that may be changed tomorrow. I'm hopeful um, it will change. Mm-hmm. Here's Stephen Jarrod speaking about uh, Rangers in Europe. We heard him earlier speaking about Champions League itself. And uh, well, we know what he thinks about European football and what he's done over the years. I think every player has a big motivation to test themselves in Europe against the best teams, the best players, the best coaching staffs. Every player on the planet watches Champions League and Europa League. They're such exciting competitions. And, you know, you want to go and create memories for yourself and your family for the rest of your life. You know, I agree with what you say. We've been on some fantastic journeys so far. But this one, hopefully, is going to be even more exciting because we've got the opportunity to play in a, in a higher competition. We need to go and earn the right, first and foremost, to be in that competition. Um, but that's a, a really tough but exciting challenge for everyone connected. So it's one we're really looking forward to. Really looking forward to it, Barry. Yeah, look, yeah. the champion Champions League is the elite. There's no doubt about it. That music. Yep. That um they that the tune that goes on when you line up. Um it's brilliant. Here's in the back of your neck stuff. Um so that that that'll be a real drive for not just the manager but these players to mm. progress, which is going to be a tough game tomorrow night. But I, I think they've got every opportunity to get through. I'm listening to Stephen Gerrard there, Paul, and he's obviously he's a Champions League winner, almost single handedly won it in Istanbul for Liverpool in two thousand five. You can tell that you can just hear the determination. He's up for this. He he wants it for the football club. He wants it for his players. He wants it for the for the supporters. First time in a decade for Rangers to get into it as well. But it's a big tick in his box. I mean, the greatest respect to Rangers. Well, one day he's going to go back down the road, whether it's directly to Liverpool or if he has to take a, a another route. But. Uh, he needs that in his CV. Okay, he doesn't need it, but he wants that in his CV. When he's managerial. Yeah, absolutely. It's, you know, it's a big, it's it's a massive tick. You know, a young manager, three years in the job, tick. Champions League done. Qualifiers stop Celtic doing ten in a row. Won the title with Rangers. Three excellent performances in Rangers in Rangers in the Europa League. Three seasons in a row. Champions League tick. It's a massive one for Rangers. And as we said near the top of the show. You know, a, a, a more than decent draw, a more than decent pathway for for Rangers um, to get there. So, listen, you, you, you can you can absolutely feel it, and uh, it'd be a crushing blow to Rangers if they if they didn't make it. But I think looking at the draw, sixty mm-hmm. forty in, in, in Rangers' favour that they'll that they'll get there. Yeah, you, you, yep. You're listening to him speak. He wants to challenge yourself against the yeah. best managers, but also the players. That's where you want to go and challenge yourself against the top players. Once you get into that group stages, look, you've got to get through the qualifying first. But when you go into that group stage, you're coming up against the best teams and the best players. And it's a it's a brilliant challenge. And it's the way of keeping this squad together, isn't it? Because there isn't anything better than the Champions League. Yeah, well, it's 30 million plus. I mean, yeah. the, 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 over the, the next 10 months, if Rangers do retain the title, you're looking at 60 plus million coming, coming into the club. Which is a massive amount of money. Amazing. Yeah, you think Stephen Gerrard? Well, I'd imagine just a, a wee wonder for a second. They'll think mm. I could be managing Rangers in the Bernabeu or the San Siro or Stamford Bridge or, yeah. or, or Anfield. Yep. Even they must. His mind just must be wandering, and rightly so. Just wandering a wee bit, thinking you're right. 
and then I need to go and show that I've made the step up mm. three years I've now made the step up as well as a as a manager I know Barry doesn't want to look ahead yet and I get it but it's Olympiacos or Ludogrets when if Rangers uh, progress uh, Sean so you were saying there your prediction for tomorrow night I'll, I'll go 2-0 um, I hope all the other Scottish teams do well in uh, Thursday in the Europa League and the Conference League I hope they all do well good luck to Johnson because Gary Sattery that's got to be well, I'm, I'm a bit worried for him, to be honest, but good luck to him. Yeah, it's going to be. Can you imagine the heat over there? Yeah. Uh, and Barry, Ooh. you've played. We talked about it, didn't we? Did we mention that last week? Yeah, you played, played in Istanbul. Yep. yep. Played over there against Galatasaray. Um, St. Johnston had gone over to a, a, a country which is, what, 35, 36 degrees mm. at this moment in time. So the players will not be. It's a tough one. Yep. And Galatasaray are a, a decent team. But I hope, I hope St. Johnston and Callum and the boys go over there and. And, um, get a decent result, but it's a hard, it's a hard draw for them. Mark, would you go over there for us? Can we catch yeah, up with I'll you over there, there later in the week? I'll be yep. in Istanbul uh, with St John's and Paul. So, um, looking forward to it. And um, you know, I think it's just for St John's, and it's all about trying to stay in the t- in the tie. And and one thing, yeah, of course, Galatasaray is a, is a step up. You know, real European pedigree. I don't think they are what they were, albeit they've got Falcao and. Um, so maybe just a slightly aging mm-hmm. um, team, but it'll be a massive test for St Johnson. But you know. One thing you look at St John's in the, in the second half of the season, and we've, we've spoken often about the how good they are uh, defensively. You know, you need to work hard to, to score mm. against St John's, and they, they don't concede um, easily. So, yeah, it's going to be a tough, tough test. But what a fantastic opportunity for for Callum Davidson, yep. these players, and for the for the football club. Yep, against St John's, you need to earn the one <laughs> when you play against St John's because they're set up and they're, they're very well structured, and, and Callum's done a, a fantastic job. You just look at the season they had. Got off to a difficult start, um, but he turned it round, round about. And um, some people were worried fame, about them, weren't they, early yeah, on? Yeah, uh, we played against them in the Betfred Cup when I was at, at Kelty, and I was a bit looking at them, thinking they may struggle. But full credit to Callum, the the staff, and the players um, to go and win a cup double was wow. was brilliant, and to be in the in Europe playing against Galatasaray in a brilliant stadium, um, they deserve to be there. Are you surprised Ali McCann is still there? Yes. I think he will go in August. We, yeah, I'm surprised yeah. that a, a few, I know there's been rumours yeah. or whatever. Um, Jason Kerr's another one yeah. who I mm. thought had a, a strong season. Um, obviously, we spoke about young Ali McCann. I think he's got the potential to go at the top. Um, so they've they've done well to hold on to him. How good Sander Clark, the keeper? Yeah, Sander yeah. Clark's a, a big player for St. Johnson. Um I wouldn't be surprised if a lot of clubs are looking at four or five of St. Johnson players for the simple fact of the season they had last year, but also they've got good players, St. Johnson, and the players that we've just mentioned, for me, can play at a higher level. And Sean Rooney's another one that's been spoke about. I think there's been a few bids knocked back from Rotherham, I think it is. Um, so I think they may struggle to hold on to the, the important players. Sean, before you go, what's your prediction in the league then? Um, I know you're going for Rangers. Rangers, the the firm favourites. How many points? And I'm saying this because yeah. if you've just tuned in to us, he said it was oh, Rangers would win by over 20 points. You said that last uh, October. I, I yep. end up then at 25, so yep. brilliant. Yep. So how many this year? Uh, this year? Oh, no, you don't, isn't it? Um, how long we got? Okay, talk to you next time. <laughs> The Go Radio Football Show, talking football first. Listen live weeknights from five. 
Sean and his advisors are considering what they think is going to happen. He's working on it. We'll speak to him, no doubt, later in the week or next week. It's the Go Radio Football Show. It's your football show, Monday to Friday, every evening, five till seven. Thanks for making the switch. And we're on at the weekends as well. Good start Saturday afternoon with Craig Moore and Davey Proven with the A-team. I'm actually going to get myself in trouble with these two saying that. But no, it was great to have Big Oz and uh, Davey Proven. It was, it was almost the A-team, but uh, it would have been the A-team if Rob was hosting. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Got right. me a, a belt custard pie. No, I'm looking forward to Wednesday. I'm on with Rob and Wednesday. So. I'll be, I'll be <laughs> <laughs> I asked for that one. It's Barry Ferguson, uh, Mark Guidi and loads of your calls 0808 17 17 700. Barry, it's a strong lineup, isn't it? When you look at the different people on our programme not least the callers now more and more people calling in but there's some quality yeah, conversation yeah. uh, be honest with you um, I'll tell you tomorrow night beat it. Yep. Davey Proven and, and Marvin Bartley saw him on yesterday the new assistant at I Tillamie. seen his flute did you see oh, it some, the short, uh, the, the, short the with the black pony uh, uh, is that the trendy uh, thing though you know the, yeah. the, the, the trousers quite... he was better dressed than Faddy to be honest with you but <laughs> Um, uh, so are the ball boys but <laughs> no um, so that'll be tomorrow he, he hinted that he won't play much this season at he all he never played against us no um, I asked um, Davey about that I think he's more like just as a backup this year um, and he's more into obviously assistant manager now he's right into his coaching um, and it's a great opportunity for him at Livingston Wednesday night, Rob, Barry and John Hartson, who will be here. Thursday, myself with Leanne and uh, Craig, Craig Moore. And on Friday, we're here. The Musketeers <laughs> on a Friday. <laughs> 08, 08, 17, 17, 700. And we're on the socials as well. Well, at the weekend, uh, you know the headlines. Rangers off to a winning start, 3-0 against Livy. And they go right to the top of the table when you look at the goals scored. Uh, a, but not a good weekend for Celtic beaten uh, 2-1 although who would have thought Anthony Ralston would be the scorer you'd see the goal he yeah, took to it be really honest well. it was a brilliant goal yeah. um, when they obviously broke into the, the, the box you don't expect to see your right back in that kind of area but let's be honest with you he, he took it really well um, and he's one that you probably thought was, was out the picture a bit but he's come in and I thought he performed pretty well against Hearts and the way he reacted you could see you know, yep. he's going to yeah. the cameras mm -hmm. and, and it, it was all Hearts fans there but, you know, he's been put down so much. You do feel for a lot of these players. Nobody likes to personally criticise them. But, you know, was it Brendan Rodgers put him out on loan? Five years later, he's still... Well, he was one of the most experienced players in that in the back four. Yeah, um, and, and it was Wicklow. a really good goal. Yeah. Um, I think, you know, the Celtic constantly linked with, with, with full-backs. The, the, the one uh, Buta at uh, Antwerp yeah. still... Any word on that today? Um, on the goal... I, not, nothing concrete um, Paul I think the, the goalkeeping situation appears to be behind the scenes of a number of things in the fire but the goalkeeping one appears to be most close to getting over the line um, but they need so many for, don't they yeah, yeah. for Ralston yeah. the, the great suspect Anthony Ralston you're right you don't want to knock young Scottish players coming through this but he's a good dependable player is he a title winning right back is he the best that Celtic can get for that position in my opinion he's not so therefore you've got to look to improve on it but certainly I think that um, Anthony Ralston has more than shown that he's backup. He's a number two right back. You've got to carry two players for every position. So therefore, I'd say bring in a first choice right back, and Anthony Ralston's a, a, a dependable cover. Hibbs didn't play Josh Doig yesterday. He's on yeah. his way. I mean, I don't want to say every single player that's available, but are Celtic not thinking about coming in there? Watford have been mentioned. Burnley as well. Mm -hmm. Josh Doig, nineteen I, years old. Yeah, he's, he's you know. Really fast, you know, good good pace. Um, 
gets up the pitch final ball as you would imagine for a 19 year old just needs a wee, wee bit of work but he'll, but he'll get there just defensively being a, a wee bit more switched on but he's got all the attributes to become uh, a top player the problem unfortunately for someone like Josh Doiger he's got like Kieran Tierney and Andy Robertson ahead of him for the mm. next uh, few years um, but he's, he's definitely a top player Jack Ross has made up his mind that he wants a deal to, to be done it's for the sake of the football club and for the boy and Hibs are holding out for you know certainly it looks like a minimum £4 million is somebody going to pay £4 million for him it'll be interesting to see what happens in the next couple of days are you saying that would be too much for Celtic for a defender but they've got so few but players I've, 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 yeah. I'd be contradicting yeah. myself if I said no if, if you believe he's the right one for you Paul um, you know if put it this way if if you thought that um, if Kieran Tierney was, was Josh Doig five years ago and you were getting Kieran Tierney from, from Hib and you thought £4 million quid, Scott Brown £4 million quid from Hibs yeah. 15 years ago look at the service he gave Celtic so if you believe he's, he's the right one um, then £4 million and if you believe it then yeah go and pay it Barry what do you think Josh Doig for Celtic I, I still think it's a bit early for him um, I, I think he's got potential to be um, a, a very good left back there's no doubt about it he's good experience I mean he, he kept Stevenson who was, who was a legend at the club he kept him out of the team at Hibs Um when I've watched Hibs, he's always impressed me. There's no doubt. He's good energy up and down the left, and he's got real potential. Now, if you, th- I-, I totally agree with Mark. If you think he is going to enhance your team and you need to go and pay a certain price, you just need to go and get it done. Yeah. Sometimes it might be a bit more than you expect or you want it, but if it's an extra five hundred grand or an extra million pound, sometimes you just got to go and do it. Yeah, and I suppose when you look at it. The full-back position Celtic have struggled now for, for a number of years. And, and listen, we're never going to replace Kieran Tierney like with light. It's like what one of the callers um, said earlier, Jake, about, you know, and, and Barry, if, if Rangers, if and when they lose Ryan Kent, you're not going to replace light with light because he, he's, he's a cut above, so you enjoy him yeah. while, while, he's, while he's there. But you look at Celtic left-back area, ball and goalie, three million quid, nowhere near it. Lacks out between loan fee and wages, he'd have been well over a million quid, nowhere near it. So they've been burned in that position. Mm. They've been burned at right back when they let Lustig go. Yeah, they found Frimpong, sold them on, brilliant piece of business. But it took about five or six right backs before they got there. Mm. And they're still looking for another one again. So you see, if he's a right one and you believe in him, go and get him. Because otherwise they're just going to bring in what another Laxalt or another ball and goalie mm. because he's a million pound cheaper. Mm. It's mm. not the right strategy. And Cham has left Celtic, uh, so the contract... Is that it gone? But we don't know where he's going, do we? But in I think it was best for both parties. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He, he wasn't going to settle at Celtic. It never worked when he, he moved on loan to Marseille. So mm-hmm. I think that they've came to an agreement. I think he still had a year left in his contract. Mm-hmm. So I don't think that would have been a hard one to, to do. He's moving on now and I think it's best for both in Cham and Celtic as a club. Liam Skills from Shamrock Rovers could be signing for Celtic. Do we know much about him, Mark? I, I don't, Paul, and to be honest, it may, probably with the greatest of respect, is, is somebody Shamrock Rovers going to be in and be part of our, our, our you know, enhance our chances of winning the title and stopping Rangers? I'm not so sure. So he maybe fits into the the, the Erehidi and, and guys yeah. like into those kind of projects, you know, get to work with them and, and see what they can do over 12 months and then hopefully develop them into a, to a, a, a first team player. But I, I wouldn't imagine that it would be for the for the immediate first team to go and make an impact so what do you reckon this season then everyone was saying they reckon Rangers are going to win Celtic as runners up I think that's what we all said uh, on Friday um, and earlier in the week when you were on Barry third position Aberdeen or Hibs or St Johnson 
What do you think? Who's going to be third? My honest opinion, I'm going to go for Aberdeen. Mm-hmm. Why? Um, I think he's made some good signings, obviously, the experience of Scott Brown there. Um, Ramirez looks to be a great piece of business. Yeah. He looks mm-hmm. decent. Um, he's certainly impressed me. So he's made good signing. Hedges is back now, fully fit from injury. So I think Aberdeen will, will just nick it. It'll be a tight one because I think Hibs and St Johnson will take them all the way. But for now, I'll go with St Johnson to finish third. St Johnson. Eh, sorry, eh, sorry, Aberdeen. Aberdeen. Yep. Mark Ramirez could be the scorer. They've been, you know, they've been missing. They haven't had a striker prolific for what three years. Yeah, uh, they've been missing them. Um, somebody you know they've, they've tried a few different ones. Cosgrove had a terrific season for them um, that time. Hedges can make an impact, and, and just to touch back on. And Lewis Ferguson, you know, I know if Aberdeen can get the money for him, they would sell him. I know if, if Lewis Ferguson had a chance to go to a bigger club, of course he would do it. And it's a chance to, you know, go and you know earn life changing money. So he'd never, you know, um, grudge anybody that. But what I probably would like to see for for um, Lewis Ferguson, bearing in mind Scott Brown alongside him, not just on a Saturday afternoon, but every day, um, stay at Aberdeen for a year. You know, go and get another forty games under your belt. Go and learn. Go and get a right good season because his form is probably in and out yeah. last season. So go and get a right good season and you'll get the move. In fact, you'll get a better move um, next summer. So stay, enjoy the fans again, get used to it. Learn from Scott Brown. Kick on next summer. Get beyond the, the Watford yeah. gap next yeah. time. Yeah. Craig's on the line, 0808 17 17 700. Barry Ferguson, Mark Guidi on the Go Radio Football Show. Craig, good evening. Good evening, Paul, Mark and Barry. How are you doing? Oh, we're good, thanks. You enjoying Thank the you. sun? In Cumbernauld, indeed, indeed, I and uh, yeah. I must say it, it could not have been a more perfect start to the to the league campaign at the weekend either. We was winning and then obviously Celtic, uh, you know, losing, dropping points uh, right early doors. It's the kind of start that uh, I think you could only have really dreamed again. You know, it's, it couldn't be better. Um, although, you know, I'm not going to be carried away. It's only yep. one game in. You know, did uh, you get to the match? But, were uh, you were you lucky in the ballot? No, no, I was not. Um, I was not fortunate enough to to be able to go, but I did. I did watch it on uh, on Sky, um, and I thought, you know, I'd like to have seen us get, um, you know, a couple of the goals a bit earlier. I felt it, you know, there was a, a wee period in the match where we seemed to struggle to to break through Livingston's, you know, um, deep line. But you know, we found a way in the end, which I think is is the important thing because a couple of years ago. We almost never found a way through that, um, and you have to because that's you know what teams like Livingston are going to do when they come to Ibrox. Yep. Um, I thought Scott Wright was terrific. I thought his goal was was a sensational finish. Um, it was unfortunate though that he was even on because it was yep. sad to see Hadji go off injured. And I actually thought, if I'm being honest, guys, I thought Livingston were lucky to, to you know to not have a red card mm-hmm. in that game because I think uh, the challenge in Hadji, I think it was at Forest, I think was. It's a pretty poor challenge, um, and he had, um, for my money, a couple of other nibbles throughout the game where he could have easily found himself in the, the wrong end of a second booking. Obviously, it doesn't matter anyway, but um, I just thought that that was a bit, um, you know, because I know there was talk of red cards and Celtic game, and I thought Livingston mm. might have got away with one or two as well. Yeah. Um, had you got off to a great start, didn't he? He did. I yeah. think the difference now with Rangers, they don't become frustrated. They got the early goal and then it was another just over 70 minutes before they scored the, the second goal. So there's a real calmness about them. There's a real patience. And that comes from players within the team. 
like Stephen Davis or whatever, you know what I mean? When fans become a bit edgy and you kind of get that second goal, just be patient and the goals will come. Um, so that that's the difference I see in Rangers. Uh, they, they don't let things get to them. And that, that was certainly the case against Livingston. A bright start and a bright end to the game. Listen, as the manager said, and I heard a couple of the players getting interviewed, they could play better, but the start of the season, you're unveiling the flag, you just want to get three points and move on. And that's what they've done. It was a professional job. It looked as though early on they had some other chances. It could have been two or three after yeah. 20 minutes. And then there was that sticky spell for Rangers and Livingston were digging in. Yeah, I mean, I think it was it Stephen Gerrard said, and maybe that the, the team maybe overcomplicated matters um, for themselves. That's one thing that, uh, that I do like about Stephen Gerrard. Even when Rangers win and, and three 0 at the end of the day is a convincing uh, scoreline, he analyses the game well. You know, he, he'll pick one or two key things from the game. He'll explain them. That's what supporters want to hear. That's what the media want to hear. You you're not just want to listen to cliches, but he'll actually break it down. Even though they won, he'll say, yeah, but at different times we could have been better. Barry's point, it's a great point, just about that experienced how that, that patience particularly with supporters being back in the ground when as much as it can be fantastic to have 50,000 behind you it can also be a hindrance if they start to get edgy but Barry you've played in front of yeah, so you would know listen, that you know? once you score I think Rangers scored after 8 minutes I think it was um, then the fans expect another couple of goals and sometimes it doesn't happen that way teams go and sit in and try and frustrate you so that's where I think it's important in the team You've got that experience and real calmness about you and that's what a, a few players in that Rangers team bring to the party and that's what Stephen Davis brings to the party. Scott Wright spoke about his goal which you're right, you know, had you scored in eight minutes and it was the 78th minute when Scott Wright, who'd come off the bench, scored. Just seen it kind of drop to me, obviously in the box and um, started just had to kind of feed it with the outside of my right foot in the back post and no, I'm delighted it's gone in but I'm obviously buzzing that we've managed to get the three points and start the season strong. You know, I feel I'm playing probably some of my best football just now um, that's obviously credit to my teammates and that for kind of getting me on the ball and giving me confidence as well and it's something I know I need to add to my game more shots and you know, yeah, I want the shirt I'm, to do. I'm here to try and hopefully get the shirt but obviously all I can do is, is try and show my best on the pitch and, and try and get it we wanted to obviously start the season strong and I think we did exactly that you can hear he's desperate to be in there every game isn't he Craig? oh he is absolutely and I think he's, he's, he's turning out to be a real a real great signing um, you know I was I must admit, when we first signed him, I was slightly surprised, mm. just purely because I felt that you know Aberdeen last season had had a pretty poor season. So to me, I didn't see much of of him that made me think, yeah, this guy should be in a Rangers shirt." But fair play, you know, that's why Stephen Gerrard and his team get paid the big bucks for that, and I don't um, because he, he looks great, and I think that's a major positive as well. And yet they started the season well. Sorry, didn't they, Barry? They had a good start to the season, Aberdeen. You know, with McCrory there, Ferguson, they, but they fell away in the middle of the season. Yep, they fell away. And I'll go back to what I, I says at the, the start of the show. I, I just think it was a great piece of business bringing a player in early. Um, and it is a gamble when you bring somebody for another club like Aberdeen. Are they going to settle? Are they going to be used to the, the demands that are put on you? But... One thing that's impressed me about the young man is he wants to keep improving. Clearly, he works hard on the training ground, and I think in time he could be a, a starter and he could be a long-term replacement for for Ryan Kent. But Ryan Kent will be staying this season. Ryan Kent stays, says yeah. Barry, this season, and nobody, well, nobody of course, nobody at Ibrox wants him to go. No. Uh, Craig, but you can see signs in Scott Wright that he's got the kind of same um, moves and balancey. Mm. Ryan Kent I think that's one of the reasons why the manager signed him um, you can't get an exact replacement but there is some uh, they're, they're similar 
when you see them and when you watch them playing. Craig, quick final word. What about tomorrow night? What's your what do you think is going to happen? Well, I think it'll be a, a, a tough game. I think personally, the, the most important thing is uh, at the very least getting back to Ibrox level because I think at Ibrox we're more than capable of going and and, uh, and getting the result. Um, I I suspect you'll see a, a slightly different team to the one that started on Saturday, but. But that's that's the great depth we've got, and that's what we're going to say as well to be able to get you know a setback with an injured player, and you bring him on on just as good and can go and score your goal. You know that is the kind of depth we've got. So I think we'll have enough to get through the tie. But I'm not overly fussed if we end up drawing tomorrow mm. and going back to Ibrox, you know, um, level pegging because I'm more than confident that there, that's where we'll really be able to. I'm not going to say put them to the sword, but I think we will be able to get the job done. Thanks for the call. Cheers, Craig. The Go Radio Football Show. Talking football first. Listen live weeknights from five. Go Radio Football Show, Monday evening in the sunshine. We love the summer football, Barry, don't we? I mean, it's yeah, a I love that tune. Yep. You like Calvin this one, you're happy? Yeah, yep, that's one of my running songs now. Is it? Yep. Right. And does that help you? Do you think that improves your performance? No, you need some. I need something to keep me motivated yeah. when I'm running. So that's one of the new tunes. Brilliant tune. Excellent. Mark, you happy with that? Yes, yeah, mine's, Ma- mine's just the thought of our own sausage. <laughs> <laughs> that keeps me going. Oh, I... At the weekend, uh, it kicked off with Dundee 2, St Mirren 2. That was uh, quite a game there at Dens Park. Ross County and St Johnson 0-0. Ali McCann had a penalty, but it went over the top. Rangers a 3-0 win against Livingston on Saturday. Hearts and Celtic 2-1 to Hearts. The goal right at the end. And then Sunday afternoon, it was Aberdeen a two-goal victory over Dundee United. And uh, Ramirez getting the second. Johnny Hayes kicking off the campaign for Aberdeen. And then Motherwell were up twice against Hibs, but it finished up 3-2 win to Hibernian. So, but a good game, actually. It was good advert for Scottish football at the weekend because it's on Sky. You know, the English season doesn't start for, well, nearly a week on Saturday. Barry, a lot of people will be watching. Good advert this weekend. Yeah, you would like to think a lot of people are are, are watching. Um, and as I said, it was a good game. I watched that, enjoyed it. Uh, good goals. Um, and that's what you want. You want goals in games, don't you? And, and that's what you got at fourth part, certainly. Yeah, it was terrific. You know, good entertainment. Um couple of big calls um, for, for the referee um, to make as well and um, I think Graham Alexander will be will be disappointed at having the lead twice that they, they, they couldn't hold on but I think it was he could see the reaction from Jack Ross and his uh, assistant John Paul Potter you know at full time what it meant to them to, to get the three points difficult away game last game of course was it was a Scottish Cup final having to leave out Josh Doig yesterday so they'd one or two uh, challenges to overcome making a substitution at half time that paid off uh, right away with Christian Doy so a lot of good things for Hibs yesterday Consistency is the problem for Hibs isn't it they got to cup semi-finals and didn't uh, do what they thought they would have done in the cup last season have they got that consistency now? They've certainly got the squad to go and do well mm. Paul you know they've, they've lost Marciano but I like the look of Matt Macy big big mm. presence you know comes, comes off his line he's really good so you know I think when you look at Hibs Martin Boyle Again, it was pretty direct. It was surprising as well to see that he had the opportunity to go down once. I mean, of all the times where he has actually, you know, he could have gone down legitimately and, and he chose not to. Um, so, yeah, over the piece, I think Hibs are, are looking good. Again, Paul, how would they be? Yes, Lewis Stevenson's good, but has he got, has he got another 40 games? And what happens if he get injured? Who's the stand-in left-back? Mm-hmm. Kevin Nisbet, are they going to keep him? We're can, into the month of August. Him? Well, four weeks of the window to go, Paul, it really starts to hot up. Mm-hmm. And that's when clubs look at bids 
Um, particularly, say for example, you don't get into Europe and obviously you maybe look at a financial shortfall. So a lot of things could even happen just as we know the last day or two of the window. I, I think Kevin Nisbet will have a few suitors. No, no doubt right. about it. He's now an international player as well. Um, that'll put a, a few zeros on his, his uh, price tag. Um, so I, I think Hibs may struggle to hold on to him. Um, it's just a brilliant story how how it's worked for him getting freed at Partick Thistle and you're down to League One Championship first season in the Premier League last year scoring goals and getting an international call-up it's brilliant to see um, and again I think he's a, a player with huge potential that if he continues to work hard I think he can have a right good career the equaliser yesterday he got the assist he hit the post you would see the the highlights yeah, he brings he's, a lot listen class. he didn't score yesterday but yep. he, he was always um, a threat mm-hmm. Um, you, you could see the model centre backs were, were wary when he was good movement about him. Um, but look, look, Hibs have got good players. Um, they've got a good strong squad. So that third place, as I say, I'm going for Aberdeen. But I think it will be interesting. Be tight. Transfer deadline. Would Celtic come in for Kevin Nisbet? They're going to lose Edward. Um, it's not happened. Yeah. Griffiths. It looks as though the party's over. Yeah. yeah. I would have to imagine, Paul, I think, as I say, they're going to have to go eventually. They're going to, they're going to need three number nines. And uh, I'd be surprised if Kevin Nisbet doesn't figure in there because you, you want to, as best you can, like, try and find a, a tried and tested one as well. And we're talking about players under your nose that know the bread and butter. So for Celtic, yeah, Europe's lovely, financially brilliant, but it's all about winning the league. That's what it's about. So I, I look at, you know, strikers in the past. 10, 15 years that Celtic and Rangers have, have signed that have been great value for money. Scott McDonald, 600 grand from Motherwell. Chris Boy to Rangers, 400 grand from Kilmarnock. So you look at signings um, like that and you think, is Kevin Nisbet worth 3 million quid um, to Celtic, all things considered? I'd say yes. I'd say yes. Um, yes. Barry, what would you say? 3 million? I think he's good enough to play at the old firm. Yeah, I do. Um, I still think he's got more to add to his game but that'll come in time he's still young he's he's been a late developer in terms of as I said that was his first season in the Premier League and he scored goals and he always looked a threat to me and he's he's always impressed me um, one thing great movement and he knows where the back of the net is and it's the hardest thing to do in football score goals Are you not surprised that Celtic haven't come in for him? Yeah I, I'm are I'd be shocked if they ain't looking at him just now or there's maybe um, they've been quietly on the QT like maybe speaking to him um, but he is a player there's no doubt that, that could play at Celtic Davy Province said at the weekend with Craig Moore on Saturday afternoon when you had the match uh, yeah, the, 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 yeah the dream team he did say he said to Craig Moore because we were talking about Ange Postacoglu his fellow Oz <sighs> And Davey said, would you join as part of the backroom team? Or join? And he said, well, director of football. So Craig Moore, would he bring somebody in? Would he cross the city and go to Celtic? Who's that? Oz. Oz? Craig Moore. Yeah, yeah. Davey Proven asked him at the weekend. Well, what did Oz say? He ended up saying he thought about it and he said, well, yeah, if it was if it was offered, then he would consider it. Mm-hmm. Yep. Interesting. 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 Your thoughts, Barry, well, on that? Thought. Yeah. Um, I'll give him a wee... Tinkle once we're finished. <laughs> You're about to take the Viper yeah, hands, aren't you? I'm surprised. But if somebody comes on with a big checkbook, he knows football. Mm. You know, uh-huh. he's played so many caps for the yep. Australian team. He's played at Crystal Palace, Borussia Mönchengladbach. He's played in Greece in that club that I never quite remember for him. He played with Rangers. He's one of the, you know, you've, you've always said how good he is. He knows his stuff. Um, he knows, Ange knows him, Postacoglu. Um, yeah. 
stranger things have happened. Look at Rafa Benitez. Yep, I know. Yep. Um, Liverpool manager, now Everton manager. Yep. yep. Stranger things have happened, but I doubt that would happen. You don't see it. No. Mark, would you see that? I'd, I'd, I'd be surprised, but you know, but at the end of the day, it, and this is not specific to, to Craig Moore, that, that this is in general terms, if you are the, the, the right man for the job, you know, shouldn't matter who you've played for or what your background is. If you believe that he's the right guy for the job and you want to offer him it, then offer him the job. It's then up to the guy, whether it be Craig or anybody else, if they want to accept that. It's what I said about Ange Postecoglou on Friday night. I talked about, you know, bringing in his own man. It doesn't need to be somebody that he's worked with. No, because he's not, I don't think he's worked with anybody that's actually worked in the UK as part of his backroom staff. So if he's assessing the backroom staff that he's got just now, and he thinks there's room for improvement, even if he keeps those guys here, but I want to bring one more. I'd like to think that he's scouting Europe, like, like you know, on, on the QT, asking a guy like Craig Moore for advice, who's, who coaches? Who coaches in the UK that we could go get something that could be a bit different, somebody that's in my wavelength? Um, so it doesn't need to be somebody that, that he's, he's, uh, he's worked with, be somebody right out of uh, left field. But I think, um, looking at it, um, with the greatest respect to the Celtic backroom team that's there and as I say I've heard really good things about Stephen McManus and mm. the quality of coach that he is and, and he's new how to meticulous. that with yeah, the first so team I don't, I don't yeah. think Stephen McManus hasn't got baggage if you like albeit Strachan and Kennedy are, are good don't get me wrong mm. but I think Celtic the football club the supporters would like to see it and Ange Postecoglou all round would benefit from bringing somebody fresh into the to the, to the backroom staff How important is it Barry to have uh, people alongside the you've brought into the club with you yeah I think it's important and I think if you ask Ange would he like to bring his own man in I'm sure he would um, but he, he says he was going to give it three or four weeks mm -hmm. to um, to give the guys time you see how they operate can he work with them etc etc um, so look I think he would like to do it whether it's somebody he knows or but Mark says maybe somebody elsewhere but I'm sure it'd be tapped many people like I'm sure it would have picked up the phone to big Oz and, mm. and asked him um, what he thinks um, the other coaches or, or directors of football or, or whatever so it'll be interesting to see if he does um, bring his own man in because obviously you're right about yeah. Big Mick I know Mick's right into his coaching as well he is kind of new to it mm. so he maybe bring something different This time tomorrow Rangers will be in Sweden for the match uh, with Malmo, Steven Gerrard has been speaking today about this game. I've watched a lot of Malmo, being impressed with their team ethic, you know, the work rate, uh, the fitness levels. They're obviously well into the season now and have started the season extremely strong, so they're obviously going to be a confident team. I think the way they play, they can obviously play with a back four, but also change to a back five, so we have to be ready to whatever challenge comes our way on the night. So I think they're an aggressive team, especially at home. I noticed that against Helsinki, they came right out the blocks and pressed, pressed extremely high and were aggressive. So we're going to have to be really good in possession. We're going to have to be really good at playing through the press. You know, we need to make sure that we can go and hurt Malmo's back four because if they're going to come at us very aggressive, we know where the spaces are to go and hurt them. And the schedule is going to be relentless. And we're very much used to this schedule. There's certainly no complaints or excuses. We are used to games coming thick and fast. You know, I've tried to build a strong squad full of talented players and volume in each position. It's impossible to ask the same 11, 12 or 13 players to go every single game. I obviously picked a team at the weekend with a view to this game. We've got three or four suspensions and one or two that are not going to make it. So we're quite bare and thin going into the first game. 
Again, that's not an excuse. It's reality in the way it is, and we'll get on with that. And we'll have we'll have more than enough to go out there and put a good team out who who want to take the game to Malmo and get a positive result. What is that team tomorrow, Barry? Maybe not the full team, but yeah, Alan McGregor back for sure. Yeah, 100%. No doubt about it. He's too big a player to leave out. It's such an important game. Um, and it's going to be a hard game. So Alan McGregor, for me, comes straight back in. Um, and I like, look, I like the way he goes about it. He doesn't use excuses. that There is certain players that are going to be missing. But that then gives another player an opportunity to go and show that he can be in the, the, the starting 11. Um, so he's got good, as I say, he's good competition for places. Um, it'll be interesting to see who he picks for that. But I think he'll go with experience. Um, and as I says, they know how it operates three games a week now. They've been that used to it since the manager's been there in Europe. And the way they're looked after now, mm. players, um, the recovery stuff that, they, that they've got available at the club, there's there's no excuses for tiredness. Tomorrow night, what do you expect then? What do you think? I think Rangers yeah. will win the game. I think it'll be close. I'll go with, the, they'll just come back with a 1-0 win. Mark, what do you reckon? Malmo against Rangers? Uh, first of all, I think it's a cracking tie, Paul. You know, just yeah. see Rangers back and they're running for Champions League. And the thing is, the Champions League's within touching distance. It's not like you're playing a qualifier in the middle of July. You can see the finishing line. So I'm really excited about the game tomorrow night. Um, the, the, the stuff that I've found out about Malmo, they're very, very good in their own ground. They've got some really good players. I'll go for a... If Rangers can get a 1-1 draw, I think that would be a, a fantastic result for them. 1-1 draw, you reckon? They do fly yeah. out the traps at home. Um, yep, I've yeah. watched a, a, a bit on, on the internet but I mean that's one thing when they play at home they go for teams and they're more defensively set up when they play away from home so Rangers have got to look you hear the manager speak he'll be the, the players will be ready for that We're going to hear more tomorrow about uh, the Freedom Day hopefully next week so Barry we might get that uh, anniversary day out yeah for for the team yeah be great Yeah looking forward uh, James hopefully organise it in the next week or two and we'll be out as a team <laughs> yep it's time for the executive producer to step yeah, up to exactly, the exactly yeah. on the bell Joe Kilday is <laughs> coming up bell. next tomorrow night Rob's here with Marvin and Davy Proven enjoy the rest of the sunny evening the Go Radio Football Show talking football first listen live weeknights from five